Step into your authentic self and find genuine power with Gina Gardiner, number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment coach, and transformational leadership trainer. Gina suffered a serious accident at 29, leaving her paralyzed and learning how to walk not once but twice. It's not the challenges which define us, but what we do with them. You are not broken and you are enough. Gina has dedicated her life to helping people recognize that you have a choice to be happy, to be successful, and to live life full of joy and fulfillment. Access your inner resources to live life fearlessly. Find your true purpose and feel self-confident. Connect with Gina Gardiner at genuinely-u.com. That's Gina Gardiner at genuinely-u.com. Welcome everyone to our uh, Genuine Discussions. I'd like to introduce my good friend, Deborah Thorne. Deborah Thorne is the CEO, not the CEO. Um, and I'm Gina Gardner. Both of us are very delighted to be with you today. And our theme is, what sort of conversations should leaders, both big and small, be having in times of challenge? And we couldn't be in times of greater challenge, could we, than we are at the moment? Doesn't matter which side of the pond you're on, doesn't Absolutely. matter where you are in the world, there seems to be huge issues um, going on. And our leaders need to be having some very significant conversations, I think. But also, if you're the leader of a business, big or small, the leader of your family, the leader within your community, this is about leadership in its broadest context. What are the conversations? So, Deborah, for you, what do you think are the important conversations that need to be in place and perhaps aren't happening? Well, I think, first of all, Gina, that it's about honesty. I think it's about integrity. You know, when we talked about doing this topic, I'm looking, you know, I'm here in the United States, we've got mass shootings, we have uh, political unrest. The UK has joined us in the political unrest, as has Hong Kong. The Bahamas just had a devastating storm. And what are the conversations? Can we go on just like nothing happened and pretend? Uh, I think I'm particularly worried about our children and our young adults. You know, those of us who have been around a while know that these things ebb and flow and we have our opinions and we're going to talk to people who think like us uh, because it just makes it easier. But I think that this is the time when one, we should be talking to children, helping them understand the two sides of the issues without even, you know, you might say as a parent, well, this is how our family looks at this, but the other people look another way, introducing them to the fact that we don't have to, uh, we don't have to agree. We just have to be civil. We have to be polite. Um, and I think our young adults, the same thing, helping them understand that, you know, you need to take part in this, and you need to decide how you feel about it, but it doesn't get rid of other people. No. I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly that one of the things I believe is lacking significantly is a sense of integrity and honesty. And I think 
everybody, you know, our perspective becomes our reality. It's as if we've got different glasses on and we see Absolutely. the world through very different glasses. But one of the things that really worries me is that when you look at how polarized people are being and each of them thinks I'm right, that, you know, I have it, that there is no other point of view other than mine that I am right and everybody else is wrong and I don't care what I do to get what I want. And I think you're quite right that the, the, the model that we are offering young people is that the means justifies the end. Because with a bit of hindsight, what we're finding is that particularly through news and social media, we're being fed a message which is just part of the truth and not the whole. And I, I think not just for young people, but for all of us who are not actually in, in the middle of the, the political debate or we're not the CEO of a company, it's often very difficult to get a sense of what is the, the real truth. When you take away all of the spin and the fact that people want to be seen um, as in the best light or that they're posturing or whatever how do you break that down into what is the specific truth the reality and my experience and i don't know about yours is very rarely are things black and white they're very often a tabby cat of gray and that it's the nuance and the meaning that you make of certain statements and certain situations that makes the difference in terms of the actions that people take. Right. And I, I think for me is if I can be right without making you wrong, then we have a conversation. We have a, a space for a conversation. Many, many years ago during the hippie movement, I remember my son, who is now a full grown man, and I were in a store that had a chess set. And on one side of the chessboard, the characters looked like hippies. And on the other side, they were men with suits and policemen and all this. And it was really, really an interesting set. And he looked at it and he said, what is that? And I remember saying to him, sweetie, those are two people, those are people on opposite sides of an issue. Now, these people over here think that they're right. They think that love and peace and everything will make things fine. And he's going, yeah, that makes sense. And these other people like things the way they are. They've been getting up, going to work and all that. And the issue is they should not be against each other, but figure out a way to work together. And this woman overheard me saying it to him. She said, what a beautiful way to explain the conflict. And I think that that's what we have to do. Just because we don't agree, how about if I listen to you and ask you, because my standard question is help me understand how you came to that decision or that conclusion. And then when I see it from your point of view, then you know what, I might join you or I go, oh wow, I see where we came to a fork in the road and she went one way and I went the other. It, you know, when we seek to understand instead of just trying to beat people with our own opinions and not really, what I really like is when I hear people who aren't necessarily very well educated on a specific topic, dig in. And even when you show them proof to the contrary, they can't let go of it because they're holding on so tightly. 
And I was just, it was interesting as you were talking, I, I was thinking to myself that so often we, you know, what make me understand why you do this, people haven't got a scooby why they believe that. It's a habitual way of thinking. They've taken on board either their parents' view or um, their friends' view. They've not questioned it. It's become their point of view. And then, because they don't have the confidence or perhaps the language to be able to defend it because they don't know why, they haven't got the evidence. It's like very small children when you say to them, have you done that? And they go, no, and you've seen them do it. And then they swear that they didn't do it. <laughs> the point where you think, did I just see that? But it's yes. they get entrenched in, in being seen to be wrong. And Absolutely. A very, very dangerous route to take. The problem with evidence is that mo you know every belief we have, we look for evidence to support it. And of course, if you're looking for evidence to support your particular point of view, you can always find it because you will skew it to fit your way of being. Let me give you an example. You're in a park. There's one dog and there's two people. The dog approaches the first person who was bitten when they were little. And when the dog approaches them, they go, oh, go away, go away. The dog gets frightened, the dog growls. Their belief that all dogs are a threat is confirmed. Mm -hmm. The other person, the dog approaches them, they think, oh, it's just like Mickey, the dog I had when I was little. When the dog approaches them, they know how to approach a dog. The dog comes, wags its tail, licks them, and their belief that all dogs are friendly is confirmed. Absolutely. We consistently and continually are making meaning of everything around us. And we make that meaning based on our beliefs. And our beliefs are very rarely challenged. They are what they are. And unless somebody is prepared to think, actually, are those beliefs serving me? Are they real? Absolutely. Am I ready to shift my way of thinking, have a, a belief paradigm? Then they stay stuck in that place. Think back to medieval times. They thought that the world was flat. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it was heresy to say that the world was round. And to start with, you'd get burnt on the stake. And they had all of these explanations for the wind and the tides and all of the things, the manifestations, but they truly believed the world was flat. It took some really brave people to sail away from the coastline with the belief that we don't think that's right. And it wasn't until the body of evidence was irrefutable that many people changed their belief that the world was not indeed flat, it was round. We laugh about that now because it seems so crazy, don't we? Absolutely. But they believed. And in a sense, we've got flat world theory going on in terms of it, how strong it is in terms of climate change. There are those. Oh my goodness, yes. There is no such thing as climate change because they don't want to believe it because mm -hmm. perhaps they have um, affiliations with the pharmaceutical or the, the fossil company, uh, not pharmaceuticals, the um, 
you know, the, the fuel companies or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've got a vested interest in not believing it because then if you believe that climate change is happening, you've got to take some action. Some action. And they don't want to. Absolutely. You know, I share with parents that, you know, if you talk about, you know, I do conflict resolution with kids. And if you talk about the green people in your house, we don't like green people. Green people shouldn't be here. Why did the green people do this? Then your kid has to go to school and sit next to a green child. Yeah. They bring all that with them with no, my mama said green people are bad. Yes. And we don't give, you know, because I look at what are we doing with our young people? How are we helping them understand? Also realizing that value conflicts are the most difficult ones to resolve. And because people are digging in and these beliefs is whether they're right or wrong, they're just digging in. And I would just hope that our listeners, I would hope that we would remember to just stop for a minute and listen to the other person. You know, don't listen to respond. How about listening to understand? Because even if I totally disagree with you, once I understand why you believe the way you believe, I become more tolerant. Well, I understand why you believe that now. That makes sense. And that, I didn't necessarily change my idea, but it makes sense. That difference between listening to respond, and that's where most people listen, they're busy getting the answers formulated in their head, they're not truly listening at all, are they? No. But, but listening and wanting to understand what's going on, why are people behaving in the way that they do, is hugely important. And I often say when I'm training leaders, you know, we've got two ears and one mouth for a very good reason. Absolutely. We should be listening twice as hard and twice as much as we're talking. Um, and when people actively listen and listen to understand, I think we've got half a chance. I don't know whether in America that you get to see people in um, politicians, for example, operating in, um, uh, I don't know what, I've forgotten that, the House of... Um, Representatives, we have, yes, Congress. Okay. But when I watch um, the, our politicians in Parliament, I sit there with my principal's hat on and think if those were children in my school, I'd be calling their parents in to say their behavior is not acceptable. That actually this is, you know, this, this behavior is destructive and um, that actually that they are going to, there's going to be consequences to the individual. And that's not just because of the way in which they are not listening, they're shouting, they're being abusive to one another, but also truth, integrity, honesty, being prepared to take radical responsibility for things that you've done. And if you've got it wrong, being prepared to say, do you know what? I got it wrong and I, I've learned from that and I'll do better in the future. You don't see a lot of that going on. And I feel that that's such a shame because then that's reflected when you go into companies and so many companies, people are under stress, there's huge depression and anxiety because their leaders are leading in the way our politicians are leading us without integrity, without truth, without honesty. I think it's 
you know, when you were saying that, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, so very true, because it happens just like that here as well. And one of the reasons that politicians are the least trusted people on the planet, okay, when you do polls, nobody trusts them. And yet we continue to put them back in office doing the same thing over and over. So when we started this, it was like, what kinds of conversations should we be having? Who should we be having these conversations with? And I think that it is really important that we teach young people, starting as children, because they are very internet savvy. Fact check something. When someone tells you something, this is the way it is. If they tell you the sky is purple and you're looking at it and you're thinking it's blue, go fact check it, go look it up. Get some information about it. Now, if you want to side with that person after investigating it, you are absolutely free to do it. But now you know why you believe what you believe, not simply just taking it hands on. And that goes with every aspect of our lives, you know? Okay. Absolutely true. And one of the challenges I think for young people, very different to when you and I grew up, mm -hmm. is that, you know, you could always say that, that, for example, newspapers had a bias and you would yes. know which bias they had. But I think pretty well, certainly in the UK, they had to check their facts. And yes. so if they were accusing somebody of something or they were saying something, you had a fairly reasonable um belief that that was giving you a, even though it might have had a spin on it it was the facts themselves were correct now with fake news with social media with all of it you don't know whether you're coming or going do you and especially with technology you know they showed the other day about how they can take your face and put it on someone else's body doing or saying something that or even taking just the face part and replanning it. And it's like, oh my goodness, how do you know what is true? How do you know? And I just, I watch the things that come across uh, social media feed and I go, you know, like, why? Why are we even having this conversation? Why are we talking about it? Don't we have more important conversations, especially with all the turmoil that's going on? what might we do differently? And I guess that was my thought when we sat down. I'm hoping that the listeners are getting a sense of, you know what, let me check what it is I'm talking about. Um, you know, we stick away from religion and politics and those kinds of things. Now's the time to talk about them more so than ever, always in a respectful way. Of course, but I think that we... Um we elect politicians to do um, ostensibly what is best for society. I think we've got into a situation where a large percentage of politicians are doing what's best for them and not for society. Now, I can't remember who said it. It's a famous quote. You get the, you get the politicians that you deserve. Because yes. you do not want to take up that position. It's not what we're interested in. I don't know about in the, in the States, but in the UK, people became very passive. Many people didn't vote. And yet when you think of how women particularly fought for the vote, and it's only 100 years since the women had the vote, and at that time only some women. If you look at 
um, you know, going back, the common man, it's only the 18-somethings that the common man actually had a vote. Prior to that, it was just the landed gentry. So these are things that have been hard won. And yet, we don't, we can't, many people can't be bothered to get off their bottom and go and vote. And so, those people who are prepared to do it actually have more power and more weight than they should have because they've actually got up and made the vote. I was in Chile um, two or three years ago and they have a system where you get free education and you get free health, but only if you vote. Wow. Now you can go and spoil your vote paper, but you have to get to the polling station and you have to make the effort and make a vote and, and make a deliberate choice not to choose or to choose if you then want to access um, those um, opportunities for yourself and your family. And I think that's really quite an interesting way of getting people out of this, well, I can't make a difference, there's no point, I just won't vote. And I understand it's difficult, you know, who do you vote for? Because you never know the truth of what they're saying. But at the same time, we should be challenging our politicians. You said this, but actually you're doing that. That's not good enough. We need collectively to make a difference, peacefully and insistently, but we need to be having those conversations with the people that have been elected, either by us or by default, because we've not actually taken action and I think the more we challenge in a constructive and positive and polite way but say that's not good enough we're not prepared to put up with that anymore and if we did it as an individual very little impact do it collectively then I think we can take power and make it something that has integrity trust within it because at the moment if we just let things slide, I believe things will get worse. Oh, and I so agree. And especially when we're seeing it all across the world, yes. you know, that, um, you know, it's like, who are you going to believe and how do we get out of this mess? And I keep going back to the young people because they have an opportunity to really make a difference. If we help them to understand your vote does count. You know, we got really complacent with that, too. And people and particularly people of color saying their vote doesn't count. It feels like that sometimes. However, it, you know, you were talking about how long ago it was people had the right to vote. We have people into the late 60s who lost their lives so that people could vote. So to squander it away, to not vote, um, you know, and I'm like laughing because I have a girlfriend who has six sons and as everybody turned 18 if you want to live in the house you've been living in you have to show that you voted you know <laughs> she does not even play with that she lines them up oh we're going to go vote you're going to go with us and they go as a family every year to every time to vote because it is that important and i you know helping young people understand that here we have a two-party system. People always want to bring in a third party or fourth party. When you do that, you dilute the power yes. of the people. Yeah, And so helping them understand, I had a niece who voted third party, and I thanked her for voting, 
And after it was over, I said, are you aware that your vote contributed to this other candidate that you were not for, but because you diluted the base to fight it, that's what happened. Yes. Now, we're coming to the end of our, our, our program today, but what I'd like to leave our, our listeners with is, we've been talking about the big picture, haven't we? We've been, generally, we've been talking about global leaders. But what I'd like to leave them, I'd like to leave them with a challenge, is that if you are witnessing things that you believe are not right, that things are, um, that, that there's a falsehood, that there is a lack of integrity, that you in a very polite, professional, grown-up way, that you have the conversation and you challenge it. And that, as you say, if you have children, that you have the family, not what, it's not a single conversation, but you have a conversation about what do those bad things happen because good people do nothing. Absolutely. Now, I don't believe in violence or aggression. I don't think it's, it works. And I don't think it's the way forward. So I'm talking about doing this in a very peaceful but firm way and making your stand about the things that matter to you um, and not letting things just slide by. Okay. And my last thing is I want to say, really and truly, parents, I urge you to have these conversations. You know, even if you guys say, you know, Thursday night is politics. What did you learn about our political climate this week? What did you see on TV? Get the kids involved, help them to understand that, you know, they use that cliche, children are our future. Well, they are, for real. And if we don't get this better than what we have now, we will destroy this world as we know it. Absolutely. And that's my concern. So I don't want to leave people on a low. Um, if you'd okay. like to, there's lots and lots of information, lots of free stuff on my website, which is um, https, colon, forward slash, forward slash, genuinely hyphen you.com. Um, and you can find the latest book, Thriving, Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways of Happiness, Success and Fulfillment, which is an international bestseller, all sorts of stuff. And if you'd like to share your website, um, because my listeners won't be um, familiar with familiar. that. So. Okay, so what I would really like people to do is reach out to me and let's have coffee virtually, okay? Really kind of simple to do. Um, we can do it for those of us across the pond. We can do it as a Zoom. But I really want to get to know people. So if you will uh, email me, I'll send you the link and we'll get set up. And I can be found at TID, which stands for The Information Diva. So TID at TheInformationDivaOnline.com. And I'm looking forward to meeting some more of my UK friends. Brilliant. And we get together in a month's time, the first Friday of every month. We look forward to seeing you all there. Thanks very much for joining us today. You take care. Lots of love. Thank you. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.